0: Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. What is our inclination when we meet trials of various kinds as it relates to trusting God, speaking to Him in prayer, seeking out His good commands? Is our inclination to flee to His promises for help and refuge? Or are you like me, and you often tend to doubt His goodness or question if what you're going through really is God working all things together for your good? Surely, we share in these experiences. It's not unique to any one of us that we might have questions about God's providence in any given circumstance. But as we continue in Psalm 119... We want to ask the question, how does Scripture teach us to look to and trust in God in the midst of destitution, of suffering, of trials, and persecution? So we turn our attention today to verses 25 through 32 of Psalm 119. Let's read this text together. Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. Dalit my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. In verse 25, David here expresses what it means to live in a fallen world of brokenness, of disappointment, of corruption, of sin, that his soul clings to the dust that there is a sense of brokenness and hopelessness in his plight. David's complaint here as Matthew Henry observes is like Paul's of a body of death carried about with him. This sort of anachronistic use of the New Testament may help illustrate to us the severity to which David is expressing his sorrow and brokenness. We're familiar that Paul cries out, who will deliver me from this body of death? And we should read and understand David in verse 25 to cry out with something similar. Now, as we consider our own suffering and trials, and we cry out to God in this manner, how will you deliver us? How will you give us peace and refuge from this? Look at the second half of verse 25 and what David asks God to do. To give me life according to your word. This should, as we've discussed in the previous episodes, call back to mind Psalm 1 that it is the law of the Lord and the delight in it which brings blessedness in the man and woman who meditate on God's word day and night. David is expressing here something that is so present throughout the Psalter that life comes according to God's word. In verse 26, David extols God that when I told of my ways, you answered me. Here he knows, he recalls that God has answered his prayers in the past, that he has received covenant faithfulness from Yahweh for his entire life. And he continues to dig his heels in asking God that he would teach me your statutes. David here is again typifying the blessed man who loves God. God's Word. It's hard in Psalm 119 to not read this in every stanza as the acrostic plays out that there is a delight, there is a joy, there is life according to God's Word. David continues in verse 27, asking that God would make him understand the way of his precepts. And here again, we see this language that David will meditate on God's wondrous works. You see, as God acts, In covenant faithfulness to his people, his people are right to recall and treasure God's covenant faithfulness in moments of trial, of disappointment, of suffering, because it calls to mind the faithful, steadfast love of God that endures forever to his people in Christ. And the goodness of his word, of his teaching, scripture, the beauty of it, the love of it, is pouring out of David in this passage. This concern with meditating on God's wondrous works indicates a delight, a magnitude, which David, in another portion of the Psalter, will simply proclaim, Your ways are high, I cannot attain them. So how does David continue in Psalm 119. In verse 28, he remarks that his soul melts away for sorrow. Here again, I would point us to Matthew Henry's commentary. Here, on this verse in particular, Henry writes this, Heaviness in the heart of man makes it to melt, to drop away like a candle that wastes. The penitent soul melts in sorrow for sin, and even the patient soul may melt in the sense of affliction, And it is then its interest to pour out its supplication before God. Henry's use of the metaphor of a candle burning and wax dripping and the way that even men who are patient in their soul may melt according to affliction really captures the sense of what is going on here. In difficulty, in suffering, in sin, in penitence, David is weary and melting away in his sorrow. But what is the answer of the psalm for that sorrow? What means of comfort and counsel does David prescribe to us according to the Holy Spirit? It's not a worldly mechanism of comfort, it's not escapism, it's not a distraction, rather it's heel digging that trusts in the promises of God. Because just as David declares that his soul is melting in sorrow, he prays to God that God would strengthen him according to God's word. Believer, God's word is meant to comfort you, it's meant to bolster your faith, It's God's word by which he reveals himself to us, by which he diagnoses our sin-sickness, And also tells us the glorious news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in it we see Jesus giving to his apostles and his disciples all that the Father gave him to teach to them. We see that God is perfectly teaching his word to his people throughout all of redemptive history. And in verse 28 of Psalm 119, David continues to reiterate this pattern. That where there is suffering, where there is trial, where there is penitence and sorrow over sin... The remedy, the soul soothing comes from the strength according to God's word. So we take hold of God's promises in Christ, walking according to the spirit, delighting in the promises that God has made to us, knowing that our suffering and our trials are not for nothing, and that where there is sin, those who confess it can be forgiven and cleansed of unrighteousness. David poetically expresses such a profound truth that God's word gives us strength. He continues in verse. 29, asking God to put false ways far from him and graciously teach David his law. We see this continued juxtaposition of unrighteousness and righteousness where David doesn't want to live falsely. He doesn't want to be associated with sin. He doesn't want to be a wicked man, but he wants to delight in God's word, in his law, and he looks to God to teach him that. In verse 30, David says that he has chosen the way of faithfulness. He has set God's rules before him. There is an intention in David's trust of God's promises that he keeps them ever before himself, that he orders his life, he orders his ways, that he might keep God's words and rules in front of him. Matthew Henry here again comments that those who have chosen the way of truth must have a constant regard to the word of God as the rule of their walking. Again, Henry states, As we must have the word in our heart by a habitual conformity to it, so we must have it in our eye by an actual regard to it upon all occasions, that we may walk accurately and by rule. Perhaps this takes your mind back to the first stanza of Psalm 119. How may a young man keep his way pure? Well, surely David answers that it's according to the meditation of God's word. So when David says he's chosen the way of faithfulness and set his rules before him, it makes sense that in verse 31 he says, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. He's holding on to them for dear life, and he cries out to God, let me not be put to shame. He knows that there is blessedness in the delight of God's word, and he knows that he will be spared of shame In sin and unrighteousness as he delights in them. May David's concluding verse in this stanza be an encouragement to us in the way that we live our lives. Verse 32 concludes this section I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. David's express intent is to pursue godly righteousness with all that he has. Again, Paul uses these metaphors of running a race and beating his body into submission. There's one condition, though, in Psalm 119.32 that David gives us. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. We know that it is God who gives faith, that it is the work of the Spirit to sanctify us and to conform us into the image of the Son according to the teaching of God's Word. So we delight in God's Word we look to scripture for life, for instruction in godliness, for instruction in righteousness, to be delivered from temptation and sin by the power of the Spirit, that God would sanctify us according to his Spirit, enlarge our hearts and faith, and enable us to pursue Christian obedience each day. I hope this has been an encouragement to you as we've studied verses 25 through 32. Let's pray now as we conclude. God, we so often live in a world where our soul is clinging to dust, that we are in sorrow, that we are melting away in suffering or trial or conviction over sin and righteousness. God, would you give us life according to your word? Would you answer us when we cry out to you? Would you instruct us by the work of your spirit in your church to walk righteously before you. Would you teach us to meditate on your wondrous works and would you strengthen us according to what we have seen in your word, your covenant faithfulness to us and your promises that are certain for us in Christ. Would you put false ways far from us, teach us to delight in your law, to set your rules ever before us and to cling to your testimonies. God, would you give us faith? Would you enlarge our hearts, our love for you, our desire to glorify Christ in all we do, that we might run in the way of your commandments each day until we behold you face to face. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you'll join us again next time for more riches from the Psalms.